0: frother to quickly whip up your healthy and nutritious grown american drink go to grown Superfood.com forward slash john and order today
1: that's not just the sound of that first sip of morning joe it's the sound of someone shopping for a car on carvana from the comfort of home that's a good blend it's time to take it easy like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes
0: talk about starting the morning right
1: just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah.
0: You're meeting your date in 10 minutes. Glancing in the mirror, you notice your wrinkles and large under-eye bags. You rummage through your bag thinking, where's your secret weapon? And there it is. Plexiderm. You apply the clear serum under your eyes and boom, two minutes later, you start seeing the under-eye bags and wrinkles disappearing in front of your eyes. You'll look years younger. Plexiderm is the clinically studied serum that visibly eliminates your wrinkles, crow's feet, and under eye bags in minutes. It's the Valentine's Day gift you give yourself. Go to TriPlexiderm.com and enter Voices for 50% off plus an extra 10 bucks off. Again, enter Voices at TriPlexiderm.com to get 50% off plus an extra 10 bucks off. This offer is also available by calling 1-800-685-1292 and mention code Voices. Plexiderm is backed by a 90-day money-back guarantee, so to get our special discount, enter Voices at triplexiderm.com, You know, sometimes it takes a global pandemic to realize that maybe electing a stupid, corrupt, racist, incompetent, narcissist reality TV character who can't stop lying might not have actually been a good idea. Let's begin. Hello, I'm John saying. This is uh, SanityCast, the helpful little podcast about how to not go completely batshit at a time when it's like a deranged drunk is driving the bus and we're all just staring at each other in horror because 27% of the passengers really like how he drives. This is a special edition because they're all special editions now because all we talk about is the coronavirus, which means this will be incredibly dated really fast. I mean, think about it. Two weeks ago. February 24th, 2020. About two weeks, a little more, maybe three weeks before this recording. The president tweeted, the coronavirus
1: is very much under control in the USA. We are in contact with everyone in all relevant countries. CDC and World Health have been working hard and very smart. Stock market's starting to look very good to me. Okay. Uh, Earlier this week, he tweeted, The best decision made was the toughest of them all, which saved many lives. Our very early decision to stop travel to
0: and from certain parts of the world. He's talking about the Muslim ban. I mean, like he's saying it's good that I was so racist that I tried to ban travel from countries where the virus didn't originate years before the virus originated. Please, sir, go play more golf. Look, um, this is the week. That we are wrapping up at the time of this recording here at Leap Year Studios high above Greenwich Village. uh, In just one week we had daylight savings time, an eclipse, Mercury in retrograde, uh, Friday the 13th, global pandemic, bombing Iraq, and Chuck Norris turned 80. Although parts of Chuck Norris are considerably younger than 80. Then the president gave his deeply- over-medicated address from the Oval Office, and we learned the only thing he can be monogamous with is a teleprompter. And in like a 30-minute span, we learned that uh, Tom Hanks has announced he's got it, the NBA suspended their season, and Donald Trump announced a very, very stupid travel ban from the European Union. Um Not Australia, where Tom Hanks at it, uh just from the European Union, and then, in that same that same thirty minute block, uh Sarah Palin appeared on the mass singer right while Trump was giving his medicated address because a former politician appearing as a reality show character while a former reality show character appears as a politician, is really for me my favorite sign yet of the apocalypse. Um, And he announces a ban of Europe, but not the UK. Okay, so a Europe travel ban that excludes countries where he has golf courses, because that's really the new Muslim travel ban that excludes countries where he has business deals. Um, That was one night. All of that happened in 30 minutes. And I will say the Tom Hanks statement is going to do a lot more to calm people about coronavirus than any part of Trump's over-medicated self-congratulatory reading off a teleprompter so you you know it's sort of like um star wars episode nine uh they're trying to cram way too much into just two hours and as we discuss on the show it's what the fuck fatigue our outrage circuits are burned out there's way too much information happening at once let's just go through a, a little more of what's happened in the last couple of days and where we are now and again this will be incredibly dated in about a week. March Madness is off Quiet Place Part 2 Fast and Furious 9 the new James Bond movies have all been postponed Disney's Mulan as well Uh, the virus appeared at CPAC although the virus has been quarantined and it's responding well to treatment thoughts and prayers for the virus and if it was infected by Ted Cruz um There's still no vaccine. There's still no treatment. There's still very little testing here in New York City. CUNY is announcing they're going to online classes. Disneyland is closed. Disney World is closed. Princess Cruise Lines, which sort of sounds like something Lindsey Graham does on the weekends, but they have suspended trips for two months. As of this recording, the death toll is a little more than 41 people nursing homes are barring visitors. Seattle has closed their public schools. That's one of the great fears, is more public schools closing because how many low-income kids get their meals at public schools? How many low-income kids have parents who can't afford to miss work because their kids aren't in school? NPR had an amazing piece on Fresh Air about uh, how the White House knew coronavirus would be a major threat, how Trump was not willing to push for adequate testing back in January because he thought it might hurt his reelection chances, and he declined World Health Organization tests. In the middle of this, Lamar Alexander, the great senator, blocked uh, passage of a paid sick leave bill, which caused it to fail. And with one gesture, blocking impeachment witnesses for the first time in American impeachment trial history became Lamar Alexander's second most evil act of 2020. St. Patrick's Day parades postponed across our country, even here in New York City, even in Ireland. Italy has shut down almost all commercial activities. The pharmacies are still open and grocery stores. In Germany, Chancellor Merkel warned that up to 70% of the country's population could ultimately be infected. Um, In Congress, the in-house doctor was telling the staff uh, of Congress that he expects 70 to 150 million people in the U.S., Roughly a third of Americans to contract the virus, and the Dow dropped 10% in its worst loss since the 1987 crash. This is is one week. In this same week, can I give you more? The Council on Foreign Relations conference focusing on the coronavirus had to be canceled because of the coronavirus. And again, Trump knew for months. We're not going to blame him for the virus. Although he's blaming, he's calling it a foreign virus. I guess he, it has an accent. He checked the passport. Viruses, uh, they don't really recognize borders. And it was funny. In one speech, he said uh, no one knows where the hell this came from. And then he blamed it on China. But um, here's the deal. Uh, we can't blame him for the virus itself. We can blame his lack of action and his lies America being completely unprepared because he fired the heads of the Global Epidemic Response Teams at both the National Security Council and Homeland Security because they were Obama appointees and he never hired replacements. So people might die, but I got to tell you, what a great way to own the libs. He never replaced them. On 24th of February, there were about 60 cases. He said it was 15 and he said it would soon be zero. And now a ban of travel from Europe. But the virus is already here. And, you know, in the midst of all this, um, my, my, my child had a birthday. My uh, horrible little son turned eight. And... Um, it was crazy because we. I got the call uh, the night before that this fundraiser I was going to do for congressional candidate in L.A. was canceled. And then I was going to headline this uh, this this spoken word comedy festival, this this free speech comedy festival in Albuquerque. Got the call that was postponed. Um, then I went to school for the cupcake party for my kid. I'm waiting outside the classroom to walk in and I get a phone call from SiriusXM telling me that I'm going to have to do my show from home for the next few nights because they're closing down the buildings and while I'm on this call I get a text telling me that the sexy liberal show in Madison is being postponed like all right at once and then I had to walk into my kid's birthday and that was awkward I mean it's already awkward because my, my child He has a birthday with uh, a lot of interesting people. Daryl Strawberry and Jack Kerouac and Liza Minnelli. I I have Charlie Sheen. Not impressive. Although my my kid shares a birthday with both Mitt Romney and Ron Jeremy. Yeah. Did you know that? Mitt Romney and Ron Jeremy share a birthday, in case you still believe in astrology. Um, Mitt Romney and Ron Jeremy. Two guys uh, whose respective careers have both been mm, a little hard to swallow forgive me for that back to uh, plague Um, so Trump gives this speech and you can tell part of it was written by Jared sometimes I wonder what parts of the speeches are written by Jared and what part of the Twitter profile are written by Stephen Miller but in the speech he said
1: we are all in this together we must put politics aside stop the partisanship and unify together as one nation and one family he said that
0: And I said live on the air, let's see what the tweets say tomorrow. And today,
1: Sleepy Joe Biden was in charge of the H1N1 swine flu epidemic, which killed thousands of people. The response was one of the worst on record. Uh, We have a 78% approval rating, the highest on record. His was lowest.
0: I don't know where you do the approval ratings for how you handle a global pandemic, but um, let me know. Fright me, please. Are you ready for more? Just this week, sports teams NHL, Major League Baseball, uh, Major League Soccer, they're all suspending or delaying their season. Broadway here in New York City is shut down. I rode my bike earlier tonight by the TKTS booth um, over in Times Square where tourists go to get discount seats for all the Broadway and off-Broadway shows. I, I moved to the city when I was a teenager. I have never seen the TKTS screen empty. No theater until next month. I've seen the light shut down on Broadway. The U.S. Capitol is closing its doors to visitors until April. Boris Johnson today said that uh, this is the worst public health crisis for a generation. Many more families are going to lose loved ones before their time. The debate between Senator Sanders and Vice President Biden... That's coming up this weekend is going to be moved to CNN studio in Washington, D.C. with no live audience. The uh, press secretary for the Brazilian president tested positive for the virus right after going to meetings with Trump in Mar-a-Lago. But Trump still says he hasn't been tested. This is all this week. And we're hearing so much about social distancing and protective isolation. Social distancing is kind of like what all my dates do when they get to the party with me. But um, toilet paper is selling out everywhere. People are hoarding toilet paper, you know, except the RNC. They don't need to hoard toilet paper because they bought 100,000 copies of Donald Trump Jr.'s book. People are buying so much toilet paper that um, they're now buying bidets Oh yes, uh, the uh, the bidet startup, Tushy, I'm embarrassed saying the name of this company, uh, they have tripled their sales since this began. And no one knows how long this is going to last, how much damage is going to be done, and whether the economic toll will hurt more people than the actual virus. But everyone's getting ready for it. Everyone's getting ready for a new normal that our grandparents and parents could not have imagined. And... We're bombing Iraq. Oh, yeah, that too. Prime Minister uh, Justin Trudeau's wife just tested positive for COVID-19. Um, and Mike Pence, of course, is in charge of everything. And isn't that great? Doesn't that make you feel comfort? Mike Pence is our coronavirus czar. That's the, that's the safest i felt since Trump made Kellyanne Conway our opioid czar. <sighs> I, on top of all of this, the only thing that got Trump upset enough to say the word fuck was that he got an ink mark on his hand before his presidential address. Have you heard that video? It's fantastic. He's so upset. Fuck! There's a pen on my
1: hand. I need some white stuff.
0: He says, I need some white stuff. But if you listen to it and turn up the volume, you'll hear him go, Fuck! It's gonna be my new ringtone, I think. And, and, and again, Mike Pence, oh God. Oh my God. He's just more useless than a human appendix. I mean, here's how it's working. Um, okay. The coronavirus is Hurricane Maria. Americans are Puerto Rico. Mike Pence is the fucking roll of paper towels that Trump throws at people uselessly. It's the end of the world as we know it, and I feel fine. More and more as we see how messed up this response has been, how inadequate, how criminally negligent, it just three little words come to mind, but her emails... But again, at the same time, it's a beautiful time. It's a beautiful time to be alive, to care about other people, to have empathy, to love, to laugh, to not go completely batshit. If you're overwhelmed by all of this and it just seems like it's just completely terrible and horrible and there is no bright side, then that means you got to be the bright side. If you're buying tons of food and supplies, please be prepared to share some of that with your neighbors if they need it. You know, uh, I'm trying to find the bright side. And I I kind of am. I I visited my kid's school today for his eighth birthday. And when we were done, we hopped in a taxi. And the cab driver had this outrageously thick Italian accent. And he says, where do you want to go? And and, and the kid says uh, really loud, he sounds like Chico Marx. So I was both really embarrassed and proud that I was clearly doing something right. But it's a scary time. And again, it turns out having a president who can't stop lying stops being funny for Wall Street after a while. And I know you've still got your racist uncle, your co-worker with the bald eagle wallpaper fetish, your neighbor who can't spell your properly, who just don't see it. And they tell you to trust our president. You tell them people who paid for Trump University glasses were wrong to trust him. And people who worked for him as contractors were wrong to trust him and people who donated to his charity were wrong to trust him. People who married him were wrong to trust him. But please tell me again, why a global pandemic is the right time to trust Cuomo over Caligula. Come on. Are you going to believe a bunch of doctors and scientists? You're going to believe a landlord with his own reality show who looks directly into an eclipse? We've reached the point now where I've decided I, the next president, I don't want it to be Bernie. I don't want it to be Biden. I I, I want the next president to be Mike Pence. We are in 25th Amendment territory. We are neck deep. And I just hope it can happen. But I just don't know. In the words of W. Lance Bennett, when faced with a choice between confronting an unpleasant reality and defending a set of comforting and socially accepted beliefs, most people choose the latter course. So I I thought about making um, this episode just a list of all the lies the president has told about coronavirus, and then I realized I've I've got coronavirus fatigue. You know, there there is no cure, but we can distract ourselves. And so I promised this last week, and I, I just want to completely go uh, 180 and, and do something that has nothing to do with anything in the news and is actually rather obnoxious and will probably turn off a lot of my family. But um, a, a couple of guys I know, some comedians asked me to do their podcast. It's called Gutting the Sacred Cow. And their whole podcast is about um, taking a beloved film. It's got to either be a movie that critics love or that made a lot of money or won a lot of awards or is deeply beloved. And uh, explaining why it's the worst film of all time. And I'll admit it was it was it was challenging. What is the worst film of all time? And I, I pondered it. I mean, you know, the worst movie I ever saw in a theater might be uh, it might be M. Night Shyamalan's Glass from last year. I had to see it for work. Just considering the amount of talent, and then how much it's all squandered. But but you know that wasn't a, a big film. And then it, it occurred to me when I want to know what's wrong with the world, I watch a Donald Trump speech. And this was the one where he was, I believe, in Colorado, and he was very angry that, uh, of course, a uh, a Korean movie with subtitles had just won Best Picture. He was furious about Parasite winning Best Picture. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, because you know, come on, it requires him to read.
1: And that's when he said, "What about Gone with the Wind? Why couldn't I have one?"
0: <laughs> you know, because it's eighty years old. But wow, did the crowd go crazy? They, they that crowd who knew a crowd of Donald Trump supporters who aren't offended by racism would love Gone with the Wind. And then he said, "What well, Sunset Boulevard?" And that didn't get any claps because you know, Sunset Boulevard a little kind of kind of all too gay there, Mr. President. Um, and I realized, you know how obnoxious it was for this president in the year 2020 to talk about how Gone with the Wind is, is the best film of all time. And that's when I realized and I really thought about it and all things considered, it became very apparent to me, Gone with the Wind really is the worst movie ever made. Now, I'm not taking anything away from the performers in it. Some great acting. Vivian Lee's great. Leslie Howard, well, no, he looks embarrassed to be there, but Olivia Hav- de Havilland's great. Gable is 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 terrific I guess yeah, I mean he is um, Thomas Mitchell as Scarlett's dad is fantastic I've watched him in anything he lost her eyes and he was Uncle Billy and uh, it's a wonderful life but every time I see Gone with the wind and it's a gorgeous looking film beautiful looking I, I, I saw it years ago when I lived in LA and it was playing theaters in a revival and I went to see it um, at, at a man's Chinese theater on the big screen because hey it's the classic right we're raised with it we're taught it's a classic I first saw it in junior high school, and I hated it. I hated it because I, I hated Scarlett O'Hara, and I hated Rhett Butler. I hated both their characters. Uh, I just thought they were horrible, obnoxious, self-centered people. Um, And I was right, but I was naive, because as I got older and saw it again, and saw it again, I'm wondering why I just didn't get it. It took me a long time to realize Um, it's a pretty rotten evil film. It is a classic because Vivian Lee is just so terrific in it and and Gable, yeah, he's as rugged individualist rapists go, he's quite charming, but it is the most morally dishonest portrait of the old South as it was before the Civil War. The entire movie is devoted to romanticizing a culture built on keeping humans as livestock. It's all about slavery and how and the worst thing about this movie, the worst thing about this movie is that it's so popular and that it makes you feel sympathy for something that was violent and evil and horrific and steeped in injustice. I'm sorry, more people died in bondage in America than, than many other Holocausts and everybody in the movie, including presumably those who made it just, (laughs) they are all believing and supporting and glorifying a racist evil cause I mean it's like It's like somebody It's like if, if you made like A really upbeat Fun romantic epic About um, someone Who uh, worked in Auschwitz And that eventually one day The Allies came And he lost his job I mean And that was called The Great German Film And it's horrifying But uh, you know More people died in slavery Than the Holocaust and, and, and the Confederate flag Is our swastika You know what that means? That means David Hasselhoff is the biggest singer in Germany, and they still have better taste than us. You know, Gone with the Wind is a movie that that just shows the white people who owned the brown people are really the injured parties. And they're the bad guys. Historically, you know, they're the ones who started it by breaking the law. And yet they're screeching, In, from the very beginning of the movie. It's southern plantation owners, and they are all such benign innocents. They, they, they love their homeland. They love their family. They're very nice to their human property. And maybe a little, maybe a little dumb, but you know they, they are determined. They are so devoted to the most noble cause, which is sustaining the honor of their culture. And that's a culture of enslavement of millions of African people, and their descendants. people who were kidnapped brought across the ocean in the most violent, disgusting, horrible conditions I mean, they estimate 20% of the, the human cargo of slavery died before they made it to America. One out of five Africans died on the way over and in this movie, we don't see that we don't see slaves beaten we don't see slaves punished in any way for not obeying the master, I mean, she freaks out on Prissy a little bit, we don't see any rape, we don't see any biracial children it is a grotesque distortion of reality, and it shows the loyal slaves marching off to defend the Confederacy while Atlanta has fallen down around everybody. And, uh, you know, but the slaves love it. They're 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 good servants. They're docile. They're happy. Remember the opening scene? Quitting time. Who says it's quitting time? I says it's quitting time. I was a foreman. I say when it's quitting time. Quitting time. They're doing goofy, funny banter. They're so happy to be serving the O'Hara family. Even if they don't get to sleep in the big house. And you know, Butterfly McQueen um plays Prissy. I don't know nothing about birth and no babies, Miss Scarlet. Butterfly McQueen was not allowed to the Oscars. And uh it's really painful watching the performance. The older I get, the harder it is to watch it. She's playing a child who was stolen from her family to be this evil white bitch's handmaiden in the middle of a violent war. And Scarlet can't stop smacking her around for not knowing how to adequately deliver a baby. I mean, it's, it's so racist. And Butterfly McQueen, who, who, who played her, said it was a very demeaning role. Here's a cool historical note, though. Butterfly McQueen later, years later, appears in um, Peter Wears, The Mosquito Coast with Harrison Ford. If you watch that movie, 1986, um, when he sets up his little utopian society in in South America, um, Andre Gregory comes to visit, and he stops and talks to this woman, and it's Butterfly McQueen. And she's very old and still has the prissy voice. Um, The best thing about Gone with the Wind is seeing Butterfly McQueen in the Mosquito Coast many years later. So, you know, when I was a kid, I I will admit I was devastated and blown away by the fall of Atlanta, how they literally make it look like, like they're in hell. And the poor victimized Southerners, these innocent boys who are lying in the street bleeding out, and the loyal slaves who, you know, are so victimized, not because they're slaves, because those evil Yankees come down there and force them to be free. The the, the movie never talks about, you know, attacking Fort Sumter, never talks about how Robert E. Lee shot African-American troops from the North as they surrendered, or how he just shopped people up to keep the confederacy going we don't hear about how robert e lee fucking invaded the north trying to take the capital and, and, and you know and, and bring more slavery three quarters of a million people died they died because the south was desperate to keep the plantation culture of slavery and to keep building a culture on the backs of human property in chains and i'm half southern uh, you know, I, I love Southern culture. I hate the Confederate flag. Put fucking Leonard Skinner on a flag. Put peach cobbler. Put put. Good God, put William Faulkner on a flag. Y- you see those scenes of all the soldiers lying there and dying in the street, and Charlotte's trying to uh, Charlotte uh, and and Scarlett's trying to tend to them in the streets of Atlanta. And yeah, it's heartbreaking. But then you realize, oh my God. Like, this is all about how these poor young men are laying down their lives for such a worthy cause. You know what else was happening during that same time in the movie? Um, Union prisoners were being tortured in the Andersonville prison. They were being starved to death, and they were dying. And and Southerners were inflicting this, this inhumanity on so many prisoners. And it's never mentioned, like the rapes are never mentioned. It really just, it's like it would spoil the fantasy to talk about the human cost of the South and what was done to save slavery. Civil war is the worst thing that ever happened in this country. More people died in it than all of our other wars combined. And, and I always get crazy when I talk to my Southern brothers and sisters who defend that flag. And I'm like, you're so superior to them. If I had a time machine, I would bring the Confederates here to see how much better you are than them. Don't worship your inferiors, please. The South now is great, light years beyond where it was back then. The Confederacy had this bullshit claim of states' rights, and they had that claim because the entire economy was dependent on owning people, and they were terrified they would have to treat these humans like humans. I fucking hate this movie. It is the most evil kind of propaganda. It is this romanticizing of ignorance. It is... It, it, it makes our... The movie makes our country look bad. I know slavery does too, but... Slavery is not a real thing in this movie. It's this abstract concept. They don't really mind it. And then you get the actual plot. And that sucks, too. Because as I mentioned previously, Scarlett O'Hara is an awful human being. Um, and Rhett Butler is an awful human being. And Rhett Butler rapes her. Now, have you watched it in a while? It's sort of like watching Marnie and seeing Sean Connery rape to be Hendren. You know, what real men do. I mean, they're married, so I guess it can't possibly be rape. But like... This movie views the rape as being in the same arena as all of the flirtations that he does. I mean, this is what, this is what a romantic hero does. When time comes, he takes control. And again, if, you, if you're thinking of being too harsh on the character because he rapes Scarlet, um, remember the part where he uh, tells his wife he wants her to have a miscarriage and then she falls down the stairs? I mean, it's literally a movie with an abortion scene. And Rhett does not understand consent any more than our current president. It's just, and you know what? You know how much I hate this movie. I hate their freaking kid. I hate Bonnie Blue. Bonnie Blue is a horrible character. Um, she's a totally irritating brat. She's she's so spoiled. Uh, she's literally nicknamed for the slavery flag, and then she dies in this insanely stupid way. I mean, you hate her, and then you start to care about her a little bit, and then she dies, and like my gut, and she dies because she falls like two feet. And that's it. I I could go on for days about how evil gone with the wind is. And um, yes, they did take out a pro-Clan scene, but there is one scene where they reference a a super secret political meeting that only the gentlemen are invited to, so you kind of know what that's about. There's a line in the film, you must be firm with inferiors, especially darkies. Again, um, there are good things about the movie, like the actors. And Hattie McDaniel, of course, became the first African-American actor to win an Oscar as Mammy. And her performance is great. But, like, just look at how, how Prissy is treated. Look at how demeaning the character of Pork is. And, you know, Malcolm X said that Butterfly McQueen's performance made him feel like crawling under the rug. Butterfly McQueen was not allowed to the Oscars. Hattie McDaniel was. And her speech is very moving. It should be viewed on YouTube. But Hattie McDaniel was not allowed to sit at the same table as Vivian Lee and Clark Gable. Gone with the Wind exists to make a profit by pushing in a very beautiful, elegant way this myth of honor of the Confederacy, of quitting America to start your own country because you want to keep people as pets. It romanticizes rape, enslavement, kidnapping and treason and the whole question the movie asks is why would these evil Yankees ever want to come here and destroy all the charm all the beauty and all the grace of the south it's the worst movie ever made it is an exploitation film and it's all about these poor innocent plantation owners and their happy willing consensual slaves endlessly victimized by the north in fact If you say these things to someone who's a fan of the movie, they'll always say, oh, but you have to put it in historical context. And the historical context is exactly why it's such an evil movie. But I could be wrong. Please let me know what you think. I welcome your emails anytime. We're going to have an all-email edition of this podcast soon. But please give us a a jangle at John Fuelsang and write or write to me on the Facebook page. I'd love to hear from you. We read them all meeting your date in 10 minutes glancing in the mirror you notice your wrinkles and large under-eye bags you rummage through your bag thinking where's your secret weapon and there it is plexiderm you apply the clear serum under your eyes and boom two minutes later you start seeing the under-eye bags and wrinkles disappearing in front of your eyes you'll look years younger Plexiderm is the clinically studied serum that visibly eliminates your wrinkles, crow's feet, and under-eye bags in minutes. It's the Valentine's Day gift you give yourself. Go to TriPlexiderm.com and enter Voices for 50% off plus an extra 10 bucks off. Again, enter Voices at TriPlexiderm.com to get 50% off plus an extra 10 bucks off. This offer is also available by calling 1-800-685-1292 and mention code VOICES. Plexiderm is backed by a 90-day money-back guarantee, so to get our special discount, enter Voices at TriPlexiderm.com. Hey, I want to thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, a couple other things just to, 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 before we wrap up. Um, normally, this is where I promote all the gigs coming up. All the gigs are now in flux, as you guys well know. I had to tell an eight-year-old today that his birthday party is being postponed. So we'll let you know as soon as the sexy liberal dates are all rescheduled. Um, likewise, I'll be announcing some dates with the Magnificent Bastards tour I do with Lewis Black and Alan Bell. Coming really soon. Uh, Finally, um, here's some good news. Rush Limbaugh says the coronavirus outbreak panic is uh, just not warranted. So I feel better. Although I am surprised that Rush Limbaugh is a man who doesn't listen to doctors. You want some really good news? Harvey Weinstein got sentenced to 20. I'm sorry. Convicted rapist Harvey Weinstein was sentenced to 23 years in prison for rape and a criminal sexual act. Uh, Nice guys around the world who had to learn to have a sense of humor to talk to women are allowed to feel very good about this. Um, There's going to be a lot more coming out about Trump and a lot more to pay attention to in terms of the lies that have been told. The next episode, I think, is going to focus just pretty much exclusively on the lies. But remember, he fired the NSC and Homeland Security Advisors coordinating the response to global pandemics. Okay, Tom Bossert was fired in 2018. He was not replaced. Trump lied last week when he said the virus was stopped and he closed it down. This is a man who kept passengers on a cruise ship so his virus numbers would stay down. He lied about test kits. The CDC wanted to issue a warning that all elderly people shouldn't fly and Trump crushed the warning because he was worried the numbers might make him look bad. This at a time when, according to the Brookings Institution, 44% of all U.S. workers earn barely enough to live on. It's a house of cards, man. It won't work. But again, there are pieces of good news if you look around. Why Tulsi Gabbard, I just saw her on Kennedy's show. She's still in the race, and that's why she's on the Fox Business Channel, because she's trying to reach Democratic primary voters. And I do want to give some love to Max Fonsito died this week at age 90 it seems like it was a month ago that he died but one of the best actors in the world and someone who gave great performances in so many different decades going back to the seventh seal and wild strawberries the passion of anna all the all the great great ingmar bergman films the greatest story ever told where he plays jesus um nice to see jesus is swedish rather than British for once. Um, The Greatest Story Ever Told is sort of like the longest story ever told. It's all the celebrity cameo Jesus movies, but it's worth seeing. It's a a big, bold production, and Max von Sydow was really good in it. Um, Three Days of the Condor, he's one of the best, creepiest assassins of all time. Exorcist, Strange Brew, (laughs) with Bob and Doug McKenzie, Um, Hannah and Her Sisters, which has one of Woody Allen's best lines of dialogue that everyone knows that he says in one scene. Um, Pele the Conqueror, his last Oscar nomination, really amazing film, really worth seeing. Uh, The Best Intentions, he's amazing in, that um, Ingmar Bergman wrote but didn't direct it. It was a TV series, but they adapted it to be a a three-hour film here, if you can see it. The Best Intentions uh, with Max von Sydow and, uh, uh, of course, um, the actress who played uh, Anakin Skywalker's mom. Um, Also, Hamsun, where he plays the great Danish poet Knut Hamsun. I saw that when I first moved to LA. I was like the only person in the theater in Beverly Hills, and it's insanely great, his most underrated role. And of course, Star Wars Episode 7 The Force Awakens. He's the first person we ever see Kylo Ren kill in a Star Wars movie. So thank you so much, Max Bonsito, for all the great work, and thank you guys so much for listening. To another episode of Sanity Cast. I'm John Fiegel Saying please follow me um, at Sanity at uh, at Twitter and uh, Instagram and all that fun stuff. And again, drop us a line. Uh, let me know your thoughts, your wishes, your questions, your threats, your promises of glory. Would love to hear from you. Um, thank you guys very very much. And uh, just remember this. Oh oh oh! Here's a big thing. I almost forgot the scariest part of the entire week. Um, starting this week, and again, it was a crazy week, right? It was a lot of horror. I mean, people getting sick around the world. Death toll rising. We're bombing Iraq. There's a Friday the 13th. There's an eclipse. There's daylight savings time. There's mercury in retrograde. And just so you know, Sarah Palin shows up on The Masked Singer. European travel ban. Tom Hanks has it. How do you end a week like this with the most horrible thing people have ever done? McDonald's ended the week by adding a four-patty Double Big Mac to their menu. Now, a regular Big Mac um, has 540 calories and 30 grams of fat, and that might not be enough for the Trump era. The Double Big Mac has 720 calories and 43 grams of fat. It'll be test marketed under the name Goodbye. Guys, thank you so much for listening. I'm John Fugle saying... Uh, and remember, Dasani is Italian for Coke. Just sold you tap